0: are more than pals our show can be a little gay but
1: if you're not that's okay you can listen and have fun either way Zena Star Wars Doctor Who guests in music and reviews Game of Thrones Wynonna too? 2 promise there's something for you she nerds out we're girls that like girls that like dirty things
2: Hello and welcome to the She Nerds Out podcast. I'm Kat. I'm Wendy. And I'm Tara. On today's episode, we have a very special guest, Liz Vassy, star Ooh. of television, a director and a writer. Yeah, she is, she is so talented. Uh, almost too much talent for this podcast. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> I don't know how she fit us in with all the things she does. I don't either.
2: Uh, so that's fun. We talk to Liz later. Um, guys, happy May the 4th. Woo.
1: May the fourth
0: Our be with Day. you.
2: May the fourth be with us all. So and also with you. And with <laughs> you. And Wendy with you. Thank you. So there is some stuff going on. There's there are ways to celebrate today. If just enjoying the fandom isn't enough, maybe you can watch a movie or two, but there's some other stuff going on, guys. What what, what can we do today to celebrate May the fourth?
1: First of all, oh go
0: ahead.
1: Well, I'd like to just announce that I'm celebrating Star Wars Day in my pants right now. Any guesses how? Oh, no. Do you have Star Wars undies on? I do have some mm. Star Wars undies, some little boxers Let's see them. <laughs> <laughs> it's not true. I'm going to show you. You can't tease oh, no. and not show. Boom. Oh, was sure. not colorful. No. Those are cute. Yep. Yeah, they are super cute. And they're like this modal kind of like uh, whatever fabric. Okay. And it's so soft. It's so soft I'm on my parts that I really <laughs> enjoy it. I got it. Uh, it's hard. Which get. parts? What? goodness you know my lady parts I mean, <laughs> all the parts down there very nice fit got them at target nice job yeah target's mm-hmm. got some good came in a two-pack okay yeah, i got a yoda There's shirt there,
0: there uh, yesterday too a yeah, Brogu. Yeah. Brogu. Sorry. Mm-hmm. wow
2: okay well that's good you guys are already celebrating that's amazing that's
0: right barney i think face. that is the main thing the main way they would like you to celebrate is mm-hmm. to buy things. Sure, mm-hmm. they have a list. Oh, a list. Let's talk about on sci-fi that. Sci-fi wire of things to buy, and I know personally, I have my eye on the <laughs> Death Star watch from Cross Studio. Uh It's only one hundred fifty thousand dollars. So wait, one hundred fifty dollars? No, no. one hundred fifty thousand dollars. Come on, it, it looks really cool but that but be that as it may i'd rather buy a house (laughs) or i'd rather even an amazing sports car yes yeah i'd I'd rather rent harrison ford for the evening (laughs) that's still probably not enough but at least
1: could get like maybe five minutes
0: with him. okay i'll take it i'll whenever harrison decides to do virtual meet greets (laughs) or any kind of in-person things it's probably going to cost that much i'd rather spend it on it
2: I mean, Mm -hmm. guys, it is limited edition, so there you go.
1: Mm.
0: It is a nice-looking watch, too. I I
1: guess. I'll start saving my pennies. (laughs) Maybe 50 Star Wars days from now.
0: If you don't have that much, there's a a crochet kit uh, with instructions on how to make crochet Star Wars characters. Super Or even a Lego set. You can make Mm -hmm. R2-D2 out of Lego.
2: Sure. Mm -hmm.
1: Pop-up books.
2: Books. Yeah, lots of Lego stuff.
1: There's some events, too. If you guys are out in Lansdale, Pennsylvania, the Round Guys Brewing Company and Pub is doing a celebration of Star Wars Day with lightsaber giveaways. (gasps) That's cool. Also, (laughs) at the Catch Astoria in Queens, it's like some trivia, Star Wars trivia. Okay. Illinois has got some things going on. <laughs> Anything in L.A.? Dress up their dogs as oh. Star Wars characters. Okay. Oh, my God. That sounds fun. <laughs> uh, Long Beach, California has a th- May the 4th themed day of fitness with
0: <laughs> Long Beach Boot Camp. Mm. Oh, that sounds unpleasant. Wear yes. your
1: favorite Star Wars character and you'll get 10% off your next session. Mm. Not worth it to me.
0: <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. I have this news that I didn't know. Did you all know this? Because this was... May first of last year, it was announced that the California le- legislature has officially, officially recognized May the fourth as Star Wars Day. <gasps> Whoa! Like it's an what? official day. Is Cal- that a calendar can I take holiday? Off? What California? Yes, that's tax that, dollars. This is an article from on Sci-Fi work. Wire from May of last year. Huh? So we
1: we can say you know I need to observe this holiday. I need to maybe have the day off
2: for some it's a religious wow. holiday so yeah
1: right absolutely i think
2: so i'll try to get
0: out yeah can't hurt it's very informative mm-hmm.
2: that's breaking mm-hmm. news from last year
1: mm-hmm. cool well, wow. all right news from there- last
0: year but still relevant today indeed
1: there's some drink recipes you can celebrate with for star wars day um uh, Talks about get yourself some space dust IPA. That's from out of Washington, I think, mm. out of Seattle. And that shit will get you fucked up. <laughs> oh. it's like eight something percent alcohol. It's wrong, but it's delicious. Mm. Mm.
0: Yeah, right away the theme. Bad batch debuts today. Oh, that's right. On Disney Plus. It's a cartoon. I'm not as like all it's excited. An like, I...
2: Animated show. It's, it's not a cartoon. Okay, it's an animated
0: show. <laughs> I'll watch it. I'll definitely watch it. But it it, starts on May 4th today. I mean, it's Disney Plus. They've done such a good job with everything else. I'm definitely going to watch it. Okay. Yeah. I'm sure you can go to starwars.com and see all the options, the sales, the deals, maybe some DIY craft projects. And if you get get that Death Star watch, you let us know,
1: please. (laughs) We'll have you on. That's right.
2: (laughs) Yeah. We we really want to (laughs) talk to you about your decisions, (laughs) life decisions. (laughs)
0: we'd also like to ask you for a loan. Yeah, maybe you probably have a lot more money than that. Sponsor this podcast. No, we also have a few movie pitches
1: we'd like to <laughs> right, talk to you about. Right. We're you're looking for an we'd investment We'd like to be your new best friend.
2: <laughs> <laughs> a lot to talk about. Okay, well, yeah, mm-hmm. because maybe if you do, if you can't afford that watch, you can also afford to take us all to the Star <laughs> Wars Hotel.
3: <gasps>
2: Ooh. There's some more teases about what's, what's to come, uh, what you can enjoy on the Galactic Star Cruiser. They're they're releasing more art. There's a book I guess you can get. It's called The Art of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. It's a coffee table book, and they're using it to further promote the hotel, which is good on them. (laughs) Very, very creative ways to promote. So there's this, there's a lounge. It's called the Silver Sea Lounge. There's going to be a sabbuck table in this lounge. So you can do -mm. some gambling. Mm
3: Mm-mm.
2: And it appears that guests will be seated at tables surrounding a sleek stage where performers will either stand or be projected from the concept art. It's unclear if holograms will be used to project Star Wars species such as Twilax <laughs> onto the stage or if cast members will appear elaborate will appear in elaborate costumes taken straight out of the uh, galaxy far, far away. And this is from a article that I don't remember where I got it from.
0: What's this, what, what's what I'm what? looking at is InsideTheMagic.net.
2: That's the one.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, so that's interesting. The, don't know if it's holograms or real people, but
0: either way, there's going to be a little show. It'll be entertaining. Yeah. I like Dinner how it show. says that uh, the Star Cruiser, this whole Star Wars experience, that, you know, Galaxy's Edge is kind of dusty and grainy like Tatooine or the rough side of, of Star Wars. But the Halcyon... Which is going to be, that's the whole the name of the actual Star Cruiser, right? Right. It's modern and sleek. More like, I guess, prequel type or like that casino thing they go to in mm-hmm. uh, The Last Jedi. It's it's going to be more of the the money people of the Star Wars universe. <laughs> I so guess. Because you got to have like, it if you want to stay there, apparently. Exactly. Is so. this going to be like an adult
1: type of thing? No. Or like your children? Oh,
0: are you kidding me? Okay.
1: Probably not. I mean, kids are allowed. Make
0: like a whole new Star Wars bound. hotel and not allow children. That'll do. That'll go over well.
2: Well, it would be cool if there was a a twenty-one and over section. I'm sh-
0: that would I'm sure be there probably biased. is. Yeah, that would be dope. I'd be into mm-hmm. that.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, and it says either... I can't.
2: Mm-hmm. No, you, no, you go.
0: Oh well, I was just gonna say I can't imagine when we're actually ever gonna see this, but I know I can't wait. Feels like forever. I think it's 20... between opening up the money the scheduling the waiting list no that's Uh, fair you're right you know i mean just that i mean just even if we wanted to go as soon as possible i feel like it would still take a while to actually have it and it's not even done yet they're not even open yet.
2: yeah they got there were some um setbacks because of COVID. they had to kind of slow down um the construction but yeah no it's good we don't want to be the first ones there we want let them work out some of these kinks (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. true like how we're going to sleep in those tiny little beds that they got in those <laughs> yes. cabins.
2: Yes, which Wendy has volunteered to sleep in one of those I will wall bunks. whenever I have
1: to in to the go. fetal
0: position. It's on record. The way
1: yeah, I'm well, that. if we want to go to the Disney Wish cruise line, we can go in their new first ever Star Wars hyperspace lounge. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. oh, this looks pretty fancy. This looks kind of more twenty one and up, but says so going to have signature. Maybe. Beverages inspired by destinations such as Batu, Tatooine, and Mustafar. Hmm. Um, so sorry, embark We're- on a space jumping tour. What is this? It says, <laughs> among the more adult offerings, this is, uh, for, is from Walt Disney World News Today. Okay. <laughs> uh, this is uh, says the offerings on Disney Cruise Line's new ship, the Disney Wish. Oh, I see. It's a cruise. This is not a spaceship. This is a floating water <laughs> ship. <laughs> Got it. Will be the Star Wars hyperspace lounge. So if you're more, if you want to stay more on land, or I guess it wouldn't be, like, it would be on sea, right? At sea versus in floating around outer space.
2: Sure.
1: Uh, yeah, it's going to be like a luxurious yacht class spaceship. Wow. This richly themed immersive experience will be reserved for adults every evening. Uh. Offering interactive tasting experiences and signature beverages. Okay, that's cool. That sounds more our level. The, the Those yo- of the younger generation will be able to visit the lounge during the day, as is traditional during Disney Cruises. When everyone yeah, is Get in there, get out. Exactly. I can do my day drinking elsewhere on the ship. <laughs> uh, the themes of the rest of Disney's wishes, clubs, and bars will be announced later. Oh, man, going to a Star Wars Disney club. That's, that's the kind of club and I want to do.
0: That's cool. The, All beer made from scratch. Where
1: I can, like, dress up as freaking Aladdin or whoever, <laughs> Little Mermaid, go out there and, like, that's my club outfit. That's fun.
2: The only hitch is that you have to do it on a cruise ship. You
1: get used to it by then, you, maybe. You do, but, you know, it's, not, they're, they're not known
2: for their hygiene. Usually, you know, people get, right. people oh. get, always end up getting some sort of bug while they're on the mm-hmm. ship's
0: Pretty there's, sure that's where COVID really took off. I'm on sure, those cruise ships. Remember, they were all trapped. People were yeah. trapped on them. They yeah. Couldn't even yeah. dock, and people so were long. dying. It was yeah, that was, some yeah. of the
1: cat. Some of the uh, crew members were on the boats for months and months Ugh. after the that's, guests were let off mm-hmm. because they had no way to get them back to where they're originally from. It's a nightmare. It's terrible. Yeah, yeah. that's my I'll that's my it, complaint yeah. <laughs> about cruises. Is
2: that there's other people yeah. around. That's the only problem. Yeah.
1: Well, (laughs) now that we tore that apart.
2: (laughs) We're supposed to be celebrating Star Wars.
1: (laughs) Well, we can celebrate Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah, we can. His new stuff coming out.
0: He's always worth celebrating. Yeah, Mm -hmm. he's awesome. I love that this article with Hollywood Reporter, he actually, talking about his, uh, he got a second dose of COVID vaccine, Moderna. And how miserable he was, and he had to postpone the interview and lightsaber train, and like all this stuff. Oh. I get it, man. I'm just a few days removed myself, going <laughs> through that. It was horrible. Yeah. So, I, you know, better than getting the thing, but still, right. I I relate to you, mm-hmm. Ewan, um, as probably a lot of people do. Uh, <laughs> I'm very excited how he talks about this Obi Wan show being more grounded in. Well, I say reality, but real sets, real locations, real, not the green screen palooza of the prequels (laughs) that he was forced to endure. (laughs) Uh, And as he says, they weren't speaking Shakespeare, so he wasn't getting that pleasure of the words. So he was saying, whatever, my young Padawan, your feelings betray you, whatever he had to say, in an all green room. Mm-hmm. Or talking to a guy you just covered with balls, because that's <laughs> how they, you know, the motion capture. Or a Mod Best with a giant Jar Jar head, like, a few feet above his real head. And, <laughs> yeah.
1: And you think you it's know. not near. It's always a
0: Can't look this ridiculous once it's done, right? No. Oh. Mm-hmm. And it looked fine. <laughs> it just looked very fake. Just looked very... It did. Not, you know, like, you could tell they did that after the fact. Whereas these new, the new technologies they've used for Mandalorian, um... You know, we've seen it. We watched The Making Up. It's this big old screen in this room with some real... But at least it's stuff. You can see the scenery. You can see the horizon. And then there's real sets that you're interacting on. So it's still obviously fake. They're not going off to the desert for a lot of this stuff. But it feels more real than a bunch of green. Exactly. Yeah
2: and it, there's some so this is a hollywood reporter article. It's really good. It's it's actually kind of dives deeper into his career and there's some new mm-hmm. projects, but obviously the Star Wars part is is what I really focused on. Uh there's some good quotes and it's sad because you you know, there are there are like human beings on the on, on other end of it. So like when you're mm-hmm. when we're bitching about the prequels and stuff, <laughs> people actually, you know, loved making those movies and were connected mm-hmm. to them, but I think I think feelings were hurt. He says um Uh, it was it was hard they didn't get well received speaking of the prequels that was quite difficult they were universally not very much liked Mm. so now i feel kind of bad for talking so much shit because you know i don't want to hurt you and mcgregor's feelings it's the last person i want to upset
0: every time i and i don't hate them i i just they weren't obviously as good as the originals and I I like them okay maybe not the middle one as much but every time I do talk about not liking them as much my highlight that I always point out is Ewan McGregor as Obi Wan same so the movies themselves may have been eh, whatever but Ewan was by far my favorite part yeah. of the whole pre prequels agreed.
2: And he's excited about the, the Obi-Wan series. He says, maybe more so than the first ones because I'm older, I just turned 50, and I'm just in a much better Ooh, place. He looks good. He looks oh, yeah. incredible. Like, mm-hmm. thinking about who's, who, who is a celebrity who I would like to switch places with based on his career and just his his
0: coolness. <laughs> I go Ewan McGregor.
3: Yeah,
0: He's just cool, cool. man. Cool. He likes to just tool around on his motorcycle. Yes, I love him. <laughs> Get all scruffy. Just go tour the country. Oh, I, he's the best I smile. It. I love you and the oh, smile. Mm-hmm. Just the Moulin best. Rouge forever is one of my. I, I love Moulin Rouge it's and him in it. A and perfect movie. It's it's pretty fantastic.
3: <sighs> all right, quick guys, can, can, can. <laughs> <laughs> So
2: there
1: you go. So happy May the Fourth, everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, happy May the Fourth. <laughs> Celebrate as you wish. <laughs> Pull up your Star Wars undies and have a great day. <laughs>
0: I'll have to remember to put mine on that day. I have a couple pair of Star Wars on these. Mm-hmm. I've got a lot of Star Wars things. I, I could go full Star Wars head to toe, but probably won't wear it to work. Because oh. mm. the pants would involve tight running pants, and so no one needs to see that <laughs> right now. Fair enough. <laughs> so I'll hold off. Uh, uh, fair enough. Sh- should we do a quick Oscars roundup? Pretty quick. As quick as the in memoriam segment, um, did you g- pieces were?
2: <laughs> yeah, they did. They hit the mark. Uh, they they missed the mark on this year, right? It wasn't quite. A, it wasn't a very good broadcast, generally speaking. Here's the
0: thing: I liked it to a point. Like, I think we'll all let's just start off agreeing that Regina King, they they picked a heck of a way to start it. Just Regina King walking through, grabbing an Oscar, walking through the thing. They're just following with a camera. I'm like, I don't know what where this is going, <laughs> but. I'll, I'm here I watching it and I, I'm enjoying I,
2: it. I can watch that all night. I'll watch for saying, yeah, Gina King walk through any building ever. That was the but best. I, mean, I
1: wish that her dog Cornbread could have made I mean, an appearance so. too because yeah. he oh, stole okay. the show last time. So it makes sense that now she's stealing it.
2: Mm-hmm. yeah she was great it was yeah. I feel like it was downhill from there
0: <laughs> uh well okay I liked if there were parts of it maybe like the the room the setting that felt a little more old hollywood-ish mm-hmm. like at first mm-hmm. I thought okay they're not doing some goofy well we got to attract the young kids you know to the Oscars bits of course a rating suck too but whatever mm-hmm. uh yeah nine then,
1: million something like versus oh 22 20 or something yeah, it was
0: yeah. i I'm not surprised it dropped I don't think I expected it to drop that much yeah i but I, I didn't realize at first when they did Sporting Actor and it, no clips, just Laura Dern complimenting them. And I thought, okay, they're not showing clips for this. All right. Different. I'd, I'd appreciate Laura Dern saying nice things about me. I would be happy with that. But then as the night went on, a friend of mine I was texting with said, you know, they haven't shown any clips of anything ever. And I realized, okay, which someone wrote how this is a year people need to be reminded. Like most people haven't seen these movies. Exactly. It would have been nice to see, let them see what they've missed so they will go watch it. But instead, they go clipless. Well, it's uh, it's
2: I, a visual medium. What are you doing? Yeah. Show us the yeah. clips.
0: <laughs> but I didn't even notice till she mentioned it. And then I realized. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, you know, they have those endless montages that just take up time. There's none of that. No clips. They did direct, Best Director early. Earlier than normal. And then I was kind of with it till the the song thing like was this song nominator did it win and then glenn close does the butt and i was like whatever and then they did the in memoriam which to me that was like the, the little song guessing thing and then in memoriam where they said we got a lot of people that died because covid but we got to fit it in this song so make it look cool to the music to where some people got a second or two of screen time some people early got like a half second and it just r- rushed through mm. and that was ridiculous don't You've got a lot of other crap you can trim out. Don't be... But thank
1: God we knew which songs were nominated and which had won for previous years. And And we saw it close to it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, hey, walk away with that knowledge. That's true. They had a DJ instead of an orchestra, which I get because you don't want all those orchestra. There was not room. I get the DJ thing for sure. But then they... Towards the end then, when they decided... We're pretty sure Chadwick Boseman's going to win. So let's do that last. We'll do best picture, actress, actor. So instead of having this ending where, you know, Nomad uh Nomadland wins best picture. Like, you have that. And it starts off, she's like, here's Fern. Uh, Chloe, who, is that how you say it? Chloe, yeah. who won best director. And she's like, here's Fern. Which then uh Frances McDormand, is not Fern, it's Fran. And blah, blah, blah. She <laughs> does her little speech and then they leave. And it's like, okay, off to Best Actress. It's Frances McDormand, who kind of like, oh, use the words as a sword, blah, blah, blah. Thanks for this. Bye. Her, like, t- five-second speech, she's out. And then Joaquin Phoenix, who's always reliable oh. for his, you know, <laughs>
1: Very measured delivery, comes Very dependable. Out rel-
0: relatable, yeah. And the winner is... Anthony Hopkins, who's not there, he's not here. Thanks on his behalf, bye, <sighs> and it's done. What an anticlimactic finish because they were just banking on it being Chadwick Boseman. Yeah, they were, and they, and wait,
1: what was their plan? Did they have Chadwick Boseman's family there, or I'm sure that, they were did. they going to
0: play something? Maybe I bet they did. won. Okay. I bet they were there. Mm. I mean, she's, she accepted the Golden Globes, I think, she for did. him. Oh, yes. that's so right.
1: I bet I bet they were there. Her, uh, uh, that's even more knowing that you're going to set it up and then... Right. Y- Which you're not... Unless you're absolutely sure, you... And they thought they it, were.
2: Well, sure, and you know? you know, they can't be sure because they're not allowed to look at the winners. So maybe <sighs> mm-hmm. don't... That would have been helpful this maybe year. Maybe don't take that chance.
0: Mm-hmm. No, it would have been a nice moment. It didn't have you, to be last. You did You just to, set right. yourself exactly. up for the awkwardness. You didn't have to and to then to manufacture it just bad. It. Exactly. Right. Right.
1: That they They were just banking. They're banking on it. Like to get that. You know.
0: It was in. Por- Honestly, it was in poor yeah. taste. It, mm-hmm. was. it was. It in poor was because they were. It was obvious that they were playing mm-hmm. to that. Being like, oh, we're getting end on this high note of the dead guy went in and his family mm-hmm. and yeah. the tears and then it Ugh. backfired. And Anthony Hopkins wanted to zoom his response because, look, he's 83. COVID's still a thing. I mean, he's probably vaccinated, but he's 83. Yeah, he's and then, I think they had a couple of spots like in London and maybe somewhere else that you could have gone if you didn't want to come to America. You could have gone to these other locations that yeah, yeah, they you're set right, up. He's international, and he's well. international, so he's like, "I'm not doing that. Can I just zoom if I win?" Because he wasn't expecting to win either. He thought it was gonna be Chadwick Boseman. So I'm like, "Look, I don't even think I'm winning, but if I do, can I zoom it?" They're like, "No, we are so against <sighs> doing any zoom." you can't even do that so yep, they'll have a nice, very nice video message yeah. the next day yet they'll let talking heads they don't they won't show any actual clips for the movies
1: it's like we're done it's with all, kind heads of like all night yeah. Talking, yeah like talking it's no matter if it looks good or it's over zoom whatever it's like show us some footage yeah. um yeah. and then for that you're gonna make sure that we don't have any zooming going on so yeah It just not thought out very well they
2: missed the mark this year
0: yeah, and the ratings. Well, I think it wasn't just that for the ratings. I think it was just people hadn't seen anything, and they were all, for the most part, very serious films about uh, like a nomads and yeah, and social issues. And people are just like, I haven't seen them. I've maybe seen a couple. I mean, maybe even I've seen like two or three. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um. And I was very unenthusiastic. Like, okay, I'm not really enthusiastic about any particular one winning. So, yep. so did you know that Angie's friend?
1: My roommate and longtime friend, uh, her friend, won an Oscar this year for his
0: short film.
1: Yeah, (gasps) that's awesome. Yeah, this year. Yeah, that's amazing. uh, Congrats! She's like called me from the other room. She's like, "Oh my god, he won an Oscar! It's so huge." (laughs) yeah, I know it's awesome. Good for this him. Guy, what yeah. was the film? Do you remember? I don't remember the name of it. Come oh. on,
0: <laughs> Nick. He's a really sweet short guy. Film. It was. There's, really there's only two. choose nice from though, Nick. That. Okay, Nick, who did the short documentary or the short, right. it, Dramatic or the short, the short
1: animated? No. Uh, yeah, I'll have to look. I can. Yeah, I'll get the info. Well, that's amazing. That's, I think we're just excited that. I mean, yeah, it's huge. to be nominated is an honor in itself.
0: Glenn <laughs> it Close doesn't win. have an Oscar, but his wow. friend but Nick, Nick, but Nick does an Oscar.
1: Yeah, step it up, All Glenn. Always right with
0: the world. <laughs> Come on, Glenn. If Nick can better? get
2: it. No, I'm sure it's great. I'm sure it's a great film. Uh, again, Regina King. At you could have just you could have just turned it off, and you would have seen the best part of that whole ceremony. So mm-hmm. there you go.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she she stole the show. She should have just walked out the building with she that just Oscar. Kept going, <laughs> she kept going to the stage, just say, you know what. I should do this just for being me, because I'm awesome. <laughs> I showed Tara awesome. and Angie the, last night the awesome Carrie Coon and Regina King jumping on the trampoline scene of Leftovers. If you've seen that, it's fun. Oh, to nice. Wu-Tang Clan, nice. I think is what they're jumping to. I haven't seen it's, that. As someone wrote at the time, it's the scene we never knew we needed.
4: Um, <laughs> yeah. and at the time
0: when I first saw it, I didn't appreciate Re- Regina King like I do now. Or It's enthralling, Coons. and I've never seen the show. And it's in slow-mo. Yeah, mm. and
1: I'm like, oh, this is nice. It was fun. Mm-hmm. Each helping each other. Let me tell you, She's nothing on her
0: friend with her. Nothing on those two ladies was jiggling around while they're jumping no, on trampling. No. They were tight. Yeah, <laughs> I, I let's go jump on a trampoline chair. Let's slow motion.
1: <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, that's yeah. slow motion How with would, all the idiots. I'm jiggling around. That
2: could be tough. Mm-hmm. I mean, just mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. Her- yeah, that would be a horror film. <laughs> <scary> <laughs> up. With, with her walking, you could
1: just Kind just enough torture. Yeah,
2: Regina has some fucking guns, man. She is. Yeah. In shape, as they say, mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. and I think, her legs and that like they were fit. Yeah,
2: we need a Regina yeah. no, King legs, episode, they were like
1: fit. Yeah,
0: can we just talk about Regina? Like, King?
1: I need to do some squats. <laughs> we yeah. could do a easy do a whole episode. On, on mm-hmm. Regina. Can think...
0: we get her on to talk to her about these things? <laughs> we can try.
1: We'll get her workout plan. Oh, we plan. can always
0: try. <laughs> I'm serious, though. I think we should just have an episode
1: talking about her. Well, we still okay. need to hold a spot for Charlize Theron when she writes me back finally. Fair enough. Okay.
2: We can yep. always reschedule our Regina King talk if,
1: okay. if mm-hmm.
2: Charlize, <laughs> We're preempted by Charlize wants to jump in. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, we do have a guest, though. Oh, A very, Ooh. very special guest. And uh, yeah, it was really fun to talk to her. Liz Vassy. She is a, She's an actress, she's a director, she's a writer, and she joined us. And here she is now. Well, we're very excited to be joined by our guest today. She has starred and guest starred in some of the most iconic television shows of the last few decades, but she's also a writer and a director. And I have it on good authority. She's also a huge nerd. Please give a big snap welcome to Liz Vassie. Hi Liz. Thanks for joining us today.
0: Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Of
2: course. Now, since it's uh this episode will be coming out right before May the fourth, or is it on it's May? It's
4: on May the fourth. On May the fourth. Oh my god, I get Star Wars Day. You do. Oh, I'm so, so thrilled.
2: thrilled. So let's talk about some Star Wars. Uh I know that you're a fan. Um Do you what's your what's your relationship to that that franchise kind of been? Have you been an old school fan, newer fan?
4: Oh, definitely old school. I um I when I was a kid, I didn't like dolls. I liked action figures. So I liked, you know, all the other superheroes. I had a superhero lunchbox. I had this crazy toy where you pushed a button and it would it would <laughs> my sisters thought I was insane it would actually um you could see the blood circulating <laughs> through the body and I, I think I was obsessed with all this stuff and to my parents <laughs> credit they were like yeah all right and then I um I saw Star Wars for the first time and then everything else was put to the side in my toy shelf and all I wanted were Star Wars figures and so my parents actually used to bribe me a little with them because if I cleaned my room or I did something you know then it was like you get a Yoda so I have um all the old school figures like I I'm 98% sure my husband married me because I have all the action figures. <laughs> they know they're going to be worth something someday. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I played with them though. Cause I'm not a monster. Like I didn't leave them in the original packaging. I played with all of them. So they're a little ripped and stuffed, but they, you know, they're, they're mine.
2: Are they displayed in your home?
4: Um, they are, we have what we call our shelf of oddities in our bedroom. Um, We redid our bedroom when we moved in, and we just put an entire wall of shelves. And Mm -hmm. so they are uh, shelves filled with everything, like, you know, things that we've won, things that we've done. And so here and there, I put all of my (laughs) figures up. So you see it like uh, I ran a marathon, and next to the medal, there is uh, Princess Leia just sitting there. And then maybe there's a Chewbacca by my favorite book. um, And then in my office, I have my Darth Vader collector case, and I have my land speeder. And um, I'm telling you, I went all with that love 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 star wars. well
0: you're preaching to the same choir because i also have all my old action figures from the day and uh i didn't know that was something that you might be married for like i should put it on a dating profile <laughs> as all yeah. original star wars action figures mm-hmm. and again not not meant to condition by any means they're all played with
4: we have yeah. to make stories we well, were not a monster uh, either no <laughs> you
0: didn't do that back in the day
4: you no with them well I- I saw his eyes light up when I said it, you know, and, and, and he, and so it's like our, our, our dirty talk going out. Is it like, what describe your Yoda? Well, he has the snake around his neck. He has the original coat and you know, um, it, yeah, I, he, he really loved that I was into that because he was too. I mean, it's why we both sort of started in this industry. We both were so taken by that. Mm. Um, so definitely old school, although, I remember so specifically watching uh, one of the new ones with Ray mm. and sitting behind a mother and daughter. And the daughter was probably eight, nine. Um, I don't have kids, could have been 16. I'm terrible at <laughs> that, but she looked, she looked tiny. <laughs> and, um, and she looked up when Ray got the lightsaber, she looked up at her mom and her mom looked at her and I just thought, this is why representation matters. I mean, I, mm. I wanted to be Han Solo when I was a kid. I, I wanted to do shit. Uh, not the Princess Leia didn't, but, you know, I wanted a Wookie. I, I, wanted to, I wanted to do shit. And so it's really nice to me that girls get to watch it now and see a girl saving the galaxy, basically. Well, I
0: love how back in the day, Leia actually did, you know, she was an active player. She didn't just sit back. But like you, like behind Tara's head, that's actually my room she's in. You can see the Han and Chewy <laughs> little posters I have up on my wall. I also, Han Solo is my favorite film character to ever walk the earth. So I get it. I Han was the guy. I didn't understand much when I saw it. I remember thinking, okay, that movie was okay. It wasn't as good as the rescue words with the cartoon mice back when I saw it. <laughs> but I was like, I like that Han Solo, though. So he is... He's been throughout my life my favorite uh, character, but I, I wanted to be Han too. Even though Leia was amazing, I love Leia, but sure. Han was just it.
2: But she didn't have as much stuff to like. They didn't give yeah. Leia as no, much but stuff compared to, to a Han. normal
0: princess in a movie back in the day, probably would have had. I mean, she was, was saving them sometimes, mm-hmm. you know. Fair,
4: yeah, fair. yeah. She had a, a princess princess cool outfit, to...
0: you know. You know. Yeah. The outfit wasn't school I mean,
4: either. And I always thought if I had a daughter that's the kind of princess like I always thought if, if a daughter said I want to be a princess then you'd go okay you could be a princess right. but that means that you actually have people who are uh depending on you and you know you probably should develop a budget and you should <laughs> <develop a budget. laughs> so that she's a princess I can get behind I agree but still wanted to be Han Solo well, he's the best. You know? so,
2: so it sounds like Han's your favorite character uh what's your favorite movie of all the of all the Star Wars movies
4: you know, I've actually gotten in this conversation and here's what I have wow. to say. I say the same thing about the movie, The Godfather. I, I understand that a lot of people think that Empire Strikes Back is a better movie than Star Wars. I get why people think that. And I think it is a damn perfect movie, but Star Wars itself, the original will always hold my heart because it's the first time I'd seen anything like that. I'm comparing <laughs> it to to Godfather because people say the <laughs> yeah. same thing about Godfather too. But you know, it's some somehow the original just sort of, slays you in a way that I don't think I mean who had seen anything like that right so I, I, I that just I just so distinctly remember the first time all of that uh was in front of my eyes and I just was like oh I can't get it
0: off <laughs> it was life-changing like you said that that's a reason a lot of us got into I mean I'm not in the business the same way you guys are but I I definitely wanted to be involved in some way um so I just instead of the magic of film and television I do tv news which is the opposite of creative <laughs> and then entertaining and inspiring work but it uh but it did motivate me to do my own things and and try to like do my own films or whatever it just got me interested in, in sci-fi and just filmmaking in general like i think a lot of the reason we have the comic book movies that we have now like all the marvel dc everything getting made is because all the people making them were the generation that were affected by star wars and now that they mm-hmm. have the money and the experience and the tools to do it they're like hey we're doing marvel we're doing all the movies we loved And uh, that's why we have all of it now. So it's very true. Yeah. Have you watched The Mandalorian,
4: Liz? I have. I I uh, I have a baby Yoda that I got for Christmas that talks (laughs) and makes the sounds, and I play with it far too often. Um, (laughs) Right? I mean, my God, I'm trying to think. You know, again, I, I. like I would watch, I would watch baby Yoda and I'd have the same reaction most people have to a puppy or a child. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh my God, I just I wore a just, uh. um yeah, I loved it. I, I thought it was terrific. Um especially well, like everybody else, and I can't is it a spoiler alert if it's been out for this no, long? I don't- nah. I've already spoiled it and- anyway. Okay, well, I mean, my God, you know, my so cool. husband and I are just oh you're just sitting there in tears. And um, yeah, I I thought it was just fantastic. I can't wait for more. I'm I'm happy with anything in that world. It just makes me happy to go Mm -hmm. back. Like a lot of people, it's just this. I mean, I went on Twitter after that aired and so many people talked about crying. Mm -hmm. And I thought, isn't that amazing that a movie and a world and a universe can touch so many people so deeply that that, what was it, like three minutes? That that three minutes can just make us all. And we just, Cause also it just was so pure about good triumphing over evil and um, you know, not to put too fine a point on it, but what a wonderful message for everything. (laughs) So you see Luke come in and you just go, Oh my God, good can win. And it it just, yeah. Tears. (laughs) Yeah. Have you ever dressed up essentially
1: as doing any cosplay that where you're not getting paid for it as part of being a character? (laughs) In something or for fun out, maybe even outside of Halloween or, you know,
4: I have not, I mean, I've gone to conventions only for shows that I've been in. Um, so I, well, The only time I did anything that was close to cosplaying, and let me just say, I think it's great, and I love that people do it, and I love conventions, I love that whole world. I am really hard to get in a costume if I'm not doing it for a job, because I started acting at the age of nine, so to me, it's like costume equals work. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So it isn't necessarily, I mean, it is still fun, but it it isn't fun in quite the same way. Right. I don't tend to, to do that very much, but I love that people do. And um, I remember that when The Tick first came out, when we did the live action version of The Tick, we went to the upfronts, which is where you meet all the advertisers and they fly actors into New York. It's very glamorous and fun. And it's a just a drunken debacle with everybody going out. It's, it's all success. None of the shows have aired. There are no uh, ratings. In, so all <laughs> it is, it's So Fox came up with this idea. And they said, okay, so we want you to go. We are like, yeah, yeah. And they said, and we want you to dress up in costume. Hmm. And we went, what? <laughs> like for all four of you to be in your costume. And we're going to parade you out on oh, stage. Boy. And uh, then afterwards, it's a party. You can still be in costume and meet the advertisers. Hmm. And we were like, wow, that couldn't be hornier." But they're, okay, <laughs> fly us to New York. So they get us there and they're dressing us all up and everything. And they decide that they don't want anybody to see us until we're presented on stage because they don't want us I promise this didn't happen. They don't want us to get... (laughs)
3: Mobbed.
4: <laughs> so and we're all getting made up. And then we go outside and they're trying to hold shields around us. There is nobody. Nobody just about these four freaks dressed up for a show that nobody's seen. You know, like people knew the cartoon, but that's it. And then they dressed us up, and then we had to go to an entire party. Like I did a whole advertiser party dressed up as Captain Liberty with the star and that, yeah. Uh so that's that's the closest I've ever gotten to to dressing up at a party like that. But Somebody on Twitter sent me a picture. She dressed up like Captain Liberty um, to go to a con, and her, her, her outfit was perfect. I mean, she awesome. did a great job, and it just it, – I was so happy <laughs> to see that. And she had her buddy dressed up as Batman Well, so it was really cool.
2: <laughs> I was going to ask you if you have seen someone cosplay as one of your characters, so I guess there you go. I mean, Captain yeah. Liberty is very cosplayable
4: apparently yeah. yeah and then other people started sending me pictures and um yeah there are quite a few people that have, have decided to dress up like Captain Libby and it makes me happy uh, a <laughs> lot of people don't pick the tick because that's one very difficult costume mm-hmm. um and then in the reboot they had me do the voiceover for Lobstercules which <laughs> is like five lobster I doubt a lot of people will do that because that's <laughs> that would just be insanity and and probably uh you know extremely expensive but yeah, not
1: uh, easy to get, get around comic-con and that no, one i don't think
4: no, no. <laughs> no maybe adam savage would do it he has the money and he has the patience and the talent that's what he should do yeah or brian cranston they both dress up <laughs> yeah up.
2: <laughs> so how did that happen how did how did lobster cleese happen i know that so season uh, the, the first version of the tick for tv that was uh it was early 2000s i think yeah right. And as you said, you were Captain Liberty. So then this new iteration of The Tick came along. How did, how did you get involved in that?
4: Well, it was a lot of the same producers, um, specifically Ben Edlund, who created The Tick. And uh, each time he was sold a different incarnation, other people owned certain characters. So for instance, when he went from a uh, comic book to the cartoon, I can't remember what character he had to lose, but then he went from the cartoon to our live action, and he had to get rid of Deflator Mouse and American Maid. So he created Captain Liberty and, um, Batman well, but then when he sold it again, those were owned by Fox. So, so it had to keep sort of circulating. And, um, so there was no Captain Liberty and there was no Batman well in the reboot, obviously. And I love him. And, uh, I would do, I mean, he could ask me to do anything. And one of the producers called me and said, we really would like you to be in this season. And I said, um, okay. Here's the thing. Um, I'm cutting a documentary. I sold two scripts and I'm in the middle of rewrites. I'm training to do a marathon. It was like a year where it was just crazy. And I said, I can't fly to Brooklyn. I literally can't get on a plane and go shoot this in Brooklyn, which is a really wonderful thing to be able to say, I can't do it. And they went, no, 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 it's voiceover. And I went, oh. So um, they said, here's what you'll look like. And he sent me a picture of Lobstercules. And I said, oh my God, I'm so in. I mean, she wears trash bags as pants, like these Ah. trash bags. She was just beautiful, this lobster. And he told me, you know, you're defending your kids. And so I'd never done voiceover before. I'd never really done that. And I went into this booth and I knew I had in the first episode, I mean, you know, lobster Hercules wasn't exactly a talkative sort. So I had maybe six lines. I thought, oh, it'll take like two minutes. I went in and there were about 90 cues because it was all the oof. Uh, <laughs> uh, and I thought, oh my God, I don't know how a lobster breathes. So we got there figure all this out. And, and then I had so much fun. I mean, hopping around in that booth and doing the fights where you just, you have to physicalize it or it sounds really shitty. So you're just, (laughs) uh, uh, and I left and I lost my voice. Um, and I just thought that was so much fun. I would love to do that again. So, um, I wish it hadn't gotten canceled for many reasons, but also love start was supposed to come back. So I'm Mm. I'm going to miss her. So
2: there is an, there's something else on your, your IMDb page, Liz is just epic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, you know, it's, it's, you, you could, you could be scrolling for hours. It feels like, um, but there was something that I noticed, uh, on your page. So you guest starred on Star Trek next generation. What was that like? I know you, there must be a story there.
4: Um, yeah, but probably not the story you're thinking. Cause I, I had re- I'd watched the original Star Trek I'd never watched Next Generation my sister was obsessed with it and her boyfriend was obsessed with it to the point where I'd been on a soap for a couple of years I'd done other jobs and her boyfriend was just like yeah whatever and then I did that and it wasn't even a huge part but suddenly I was a star and, <laughs> the, I, a star. and um, I played a cliff diver. And I remember the couple things I remember, I mean, as you do. So I uh, I went in and I had to go to three fittings for a bathing suit, which ultimately just looked like a gray bathing suit. So I have no idea why they were so specific, but I just remember three fittings for a freaking bathing suit. And um, I was in a scene with Dr. Beverly Crusher and I thought she was wonderful. Mm-hmm. It was at Paramount, which is so cool just to be on that lot. It was the first job that I'd shot there. Mm-hmm. And um, I just remember afterwards, really understanding how much that show meant to people. And I started watching some episodes uh, here and there, but again, I just love the original one. That's the one I got into the most. Um, but I, I love what it means to people and why it means what it does to people, you know, just because of the inclusivity and, um, and I, and the colorblindness of the writing. I just, I, I, I love that the that that people are so moved by it. So um, the fact that I did that and that people actually care that I did, I think two scenes so long ago (laughs) that I've been contacted and people have said, you can go to cons based on it. Whoa. I I didn't. Yeah. Well, that was the thing. I think, uh, okay, so an alien comes on board and takes everybody's memory. And for a blip, I think it was called Conundrum was my episode, Conundrum maybe, I'm not sure. But so it takes all of our memories and we're all sitting there. And I, my first line was, well, I'm just a patient in a bathing suit. What am I doing here? <laughs> Good
0: question.
4: Um, and then we get our memories back and they fix my shoulder. And that was pretty much it. I, I like strange story huh. for my character. But the, the, so you never like
1: did any on screen cliff diving or right. you were a cliff diver from another planet that got
4: brought up. Uh, I don't know where I was from. So <laughs> no, they didn't show anything. And it was just her um taking some sort of scan and uh, that I believe they sold later on eBay and scanning my arm with it and telling me that something was wrong with my shoulder. But no, I never had to learn how to click dive. That would have been mm. kind of a kick. Like me at the audition, they would have said, Can you click dive? Yes, yes, <laughs> of course. Well, and then you get her and go, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: apparently you are right. It was conundrum.
4: I'm looking. Okay. And,
0: and your character in 2368, that's the year. You were injured twice oh. while diving off the cliffs of heaven in a recreation of Sumiko 4 in Holodeck program 47C.
4: Because you exactly because oh, so you mixed yeah. up the order in which
0: you should have assumed various positions. That's why you were injured. So, oh. in case anyone asks, oh. you got your positions confused on the dive yeah. and tore ligaments. So it was a holodeck cliff dive. Okay. Not an right. actual. Oh, no.
1: Okay. <laughs> uh,
4: that clears everything up. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, I and you remember- needed
1: to be in the bathing suit for yes. sure for that, I
4: guess. Absolutely. I don't know why, not how you got in Mind you. But right. yeah. Oh. But going straight from the cliff diving experience in the bathing suit. straight Right. Yeah. Just right
1: where your skin is fully exposed <laughs> on the rocks and everything. Totally. And, yeah. yeah.
4: Makes total sense. Also, as I recall, I didn't have a bruise, a scratch, or anything. was all internal. I wrong.
0: do like this write-up, how it says that Dr. Beverly Crusher r- suggested you try the emerald waiting pool as it was much safer. And then your character asked the doctor if she had any clothing she could borrow since until you could find the pool again. Whoa, oh, okay. You see? Know, okay.
4: <laughs> yeah. Hashtag modesty. You did ask for clothing, yeah. and,
0: and maybe you went to the waiting pool and we're much safer from there on out. So hmm
4: that's where my character is. The, though, wait the, right. pool. <laughs>
0: Still the, the waiting pool, The holodeck waiting pool.
1: Yeah, what's your job exactly on the uh, Enterprise on the Starship? Like, you yeah, just, just, just hanging out diving. in the holodeck?
3: Okay, <laughs> yeah,
4: that's it. A niche, a niche. Do it for the art. <laughs>
2: that's great. Um, but as a as a young actress walking onto that set, as a, and a sci-fi fan, I mean. That must have been pretty cool. Were there any, like, just aliens walking around, smoking, you know, smoking between sh- setups, stuff like that?
4: Um, I don't remember it from that, but I do remember on the tick, everything was funny because of the costumes. Like, that, <laughs> okay. now that you mentioned, it, I just uh, – I remember that um, we would talk politics. The two <laughs> things I remember the most I'm politics. And we'd have newspapers because, you know, they had newspapers then, kids. We'd have newspapers, and we'd be sitting in um, – in the lonely panda restaurant, which is where we would hang out as characters, and we'd be sitting between takes and we're all reading our newspapers, and we were complaining about politics. And then we, and some of us were we had different thoughts than others. And so sometimes it would get quite heated, and then invariably we would start laughing because it's like you can't argue well in case. <laughs> like you just it's ridiculous. And then I also remember that Patrick would get wheeled around. He looked sort of like Hannibal the Campbell <laughs> because he needed air conditioning in his costume. Because at the time. In the new one, I think they made parts of it removable, but uh, with Patrick, it was all or nothing. So he had to basically just baste in his own juices for 14 to 16 mm. hours a day. Mm. He was such a trooper. And and we all, the rest of us just said we can never complain about anything because they're wheeling him out with oxygen tubes going in there to give him some air conditioning. And um, so I remember him being wheeled in like that which really did look like Hannibal the Cannibal. And then they'd sit him down and he'd sit in one place. And I remember looking over and he'd cross his legs in that costume (laughs) and he's sitting smoking a cigarette. And I just would laugh my ass off. Everything was funny that he would do dressed like that. (laughs) Oh, and we we shot at a cemetery. And I remember this pretty clearly too. They had blocked off the part where we were, but they didn't block off some of the adjacent areas. And so there was a family going to visit a gravestone. Oh, and they looked over it at the four oh, of us no. and we were like, hi. And I thought, what a weird thing. They go to visit grandma and they look over and four friggin' superheroes. And- <laughs> How bizarre is that? Um, so everything was just strange and surreal on, on that one. But, you know, my, the Star Trek thing was one day. So <sighs> it's hard for me to remember much besides really good oatmeal at the commissary. Um, Paramount being close to my apartment at the time and, and the cast being nice, that's about all I got, you know? We were you a little disappointed
0: you didn't get any alien prosthetics in either one, or like the Tick or Star Trek? Have you ever done that,
4: where you've gotten the the full out? Um, y- no. I've done... I did a movie called Captain Zoom, that was kind of like... uh It was kind of like Galaxy Quest. Mm. Before Galaxy Quest, it was the type of thing where a TV star went up to go, and I was ah, freedom fighter on some planet, and I got kidnapped, and they put me in this outfit, and so I had to have a a body cast Mm -hmm. made uh, because it had to be, it was sort of like plastic long story, but I had to have that and I had to have the whole thing sort of baked on me. You know, I had to wait, but I'd never done the thing with the tube having to have my um, never done any of that, but I'm dear friends with Armin Shimmerman um, and Armin uh, was pork. And he, uh, so he had to go for hours and hours of makeup before he would go to work uh, when he was on track. And then also he then played, what did he play? He was in an episode of the tick and he had to wear a mask for that too. And he said that that was so long and took, it was just, it was drudgery getting that put on and it actually made his time on track seem easy. Wow. So wow. the way that he talks about it, I just thought, man, oh man, I'm not, I'm not aching to do that at all. The people I know that, that have, i mean, they go in three hours early. They, it's just, I wouldn't mind like an extra alien arm or something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally cool with not having to do the prosthetics. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I've heard horror stories from people that,
0: you know, have done it and hate it, but, or fall asleep in the chair when it's being done. But it, you gotta be able to, I mean, I I heard claustrophobia can be an issue if you're claustrophobic, Mm -hmm. even if it's not a full on mask, it can just be overwhelming. So
2: yeah. Was the tick, was his, was his costume like a latex or like a rubbery? It looks like it's, it's not like cloth. It looks like, like hard to move you know.
3: in. Yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah. It was a latex-y type of thing. Yeah. And and hard to move in. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was really interesting. I mean, the rest of us, like I said, we had no room to complain, especially, especially Batman. Well and I. I was like, look, I had my, th- I had a great big open star on my chest, so I had some things <laughs> I kept saying, okay, if this keeps going, then what I want to do is have the star shrink every season. And then by season seven, I just want it to be a charm that I wear on a necklace. And then I had a pitch for all of us aging, and I thought it was quite funny. I said, maybe we do a flash forward and show us all as old superheroes, and you can put my chest plate down by my belly button. Um, <laughs> <laughs> kind of funny. Um, yeah, but we never had a chance to do that. We only did seven episodes of that show. Wow. Yeah, It feels so- like so much more because it's so... It's iconic and great. Yeah. yeah. It was yeah. very
0: well reviewed. I think I was working for Fox at the time. I remember when it came out and it, you know, people loved it, but
4: yeah, they, uh, the Fox they, doesn't they
0: put, mean they'll keep it though. Even if people love
4: it. So. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. They put us up against uh, a little show called friends. Um, I think
0: um,
4: friends, friends, mm. friends, 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 yeah. it's friends. It was a weird, uh, before that, I did a show called Maximum Bob, and it was some of the same producers. Barry Sonnenfeld produced both, um, who, and he'd just come off of Men in Black. And um, I did a guest spot on the new Fantasy Island for him as well. Like he had a string of stuff that I still believe, and it might always be some of the stuff that I'm I'm proudest of. And invariably, in it was six episodes and out. And I think that at the time it was a little too progressive and ahead of its time and a little too different. And it wasn't like what you were used to seeing on television. And I think had any of them launched right now during streaming, I think they would have found a nice niche home and probably gone for a while, mm-hmm. which, you know, things turn out the way they turn out, but, uh, mm-hmm. I just, I remain very proud of them. And, uh, I just think, you know, sometimes, sometimes things come out before people are ready to see them.
2: <laughs> Does it get easier, you know, when you you're working on something that you love and you think has legs and then inevitably gets canceled or, you know, kind of runs out of time, is it get easier to walk away from that stuff? Or does it, does it kind of break your heart a little bit?
4: No, it gets harder. Mm -hmm. Uh, It actually gets harder. um, Because for me personally, it's just that once you really start to believe in it, when it happens once, you go, Oh, it's a fluke, but the next one surely. And then that one you really believe in and then it doesn't and you go, wait, what? And uh, it, and it, it just gets harder, also, because you know you're you're 23 and something goes for six episodes, and you go, all right, I'm going to have one bajillion more chances, <laughs> and I'm, you know, and, and then you're 30 and you're like, okay, but pilot season really sucks, and I don't know if I want to keep. I don't know what to choose, and honestly, it's nine tenths of the reason that I ended up on CSI because mm-hmm. I just thought I want to sit on something that I know I want to sit on a battleship that I know is, uh, going to exist for a little while. And up there with it, those, uh, playing a female scientist and, and getting to be somebody that's involved in, um, an area where women were lagging uh, as far as uh, participation meant a lot to me too. And letters from girls saying, I'm going into DNA, I'm going into forensics. This is because of your character. Like that means the world to me. So um, those two things combined are just, you know, meant I'm fine solving fake TV crime.
2: (laughs) 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 And so, so you played Wendy Sims on CSI for six seasons? Five. For five seasons. Yeah. I I went went
4: back in the sixth for my character to say goodbye.
2: Got it, okay, that's kind of cool that yeah. they gave you that kind of set off from Wendy. Yeah. um so walking into that show it had it had been on for some time, right when, when uh,
4: joined? I joined in season six okay um, yeah
2: um so w- at that point was that show just sort of running itself? It must have been such a well oiled machine by that point did you have d- could you sense that walking onto that set for the first time?
4: uh yeah, it was pretty magic actually because they'd been shooting in Santa Clarita, and I thought until. Mm-hmm two days before I had to go to work that I would be shooting there too. I was told it was a guest star that was probably going to recur two or three times. And I ended up being a series regular on it, which was just fantastic. But I thought I'd be driving up to Santa Clarita, which for people of the know, it's a long freaking drive. And then they're like, no, no, we switched to universal studios, which is very close. Cool. So, um, so I went to universal and I thought, wow, I, you know, I'm, I'm working on this show at universal, uh, full disclosure. I'd never seen CSI before I got on it. So, um, I remember my wardrobe fitting, they were like, Oh, you know, you'll be great. They can match you up with or, or Nick Stokes and they can, and I was like, ah, I don't know what a Nick Stokes is. <laughs> <laughs> um, I uh, But, you know, that's awesome. And uh, I showed up and honestly, I, I mean, I had one big scene and it was with Marg Helgenberger. And I mean, cat, 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 you, you, you know her. <laughs> um, and uh, she's just terrific and welcoming and lovely. And so even though it felt like a machine, And it felt like they just, you know, it worked like clockwork. Sometimes those sets can be off-putting or, uh, well, just mostly off-putting because you feel like, oh, I'm a tiny little cog and this machine doesn't really need me. And it's, I just feel a little out of sorts. And she doesn't let that happen, like aggressively doesn't let that happen. Um, Mm -hmm. So I felt like I was one of them right from the start. And I I give that squarely to Mark. Um, She was terrific. Is terrific.
2: While you're on that show, you were in a ship. People was, were shipping you. Oh, yes, <laughs> I did. Yes.
4: Wait, I wasn't. I was like, I wasn't a on that I show. Am I, I was. am I thinking of a different uh,
2: – the big boat, you guys? No? <laughs> a Different show? Uh, so your character, Wendy, and uh, David Hodges, who was played by Wallace Langham, you guys were in a ship. Yes. So I looked online, and I, I found three different na- three different ship names. There's Hondy, Wedges, and Dandy. <laughs> did you have a preference
4: I had only heard wedges. So I I was my preference just because that's the only one I'd heard. That's very cute. I'm glad that we had a trifecta of names. That's very cool. Wedges is probably, I think
2: wedges is the strongest, I think. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Yeah. I'm behind wedges. (laughs) I ship wedges.
2: Uh, So what was that like? I mean, so, you know, on She Nerds Out, we, we talk a lot about ships, Uh, because they're fun and they give us a lot of content. (laughs) Uh, What was it like on your end of that, you know, uh, being in a ship? And and when did, was it an intentional thing or did it kind of grow out of your chemistry with with Wallace?
4: It was uh, very intentional on our part. Um, I'd met Wally several times before. We get along extremely well. We just love each other and respect each other. And um, I, I mean, I, there aren't. We'd be on here for three hours. There are not enough nice words about this guy. So, uh, but we we just really thought, you know, you're playing a tech, um, and so all of my stuff was DNA, and that show is very much about solving the crime as it should be. But we thought, well, how's about if in the background we start making little moony eyes at each other? <laughs> how's about if every time we have scenes together, we kind of find an undercurrent of flirtation, you know, like we'll just sort of see. It, it just made it fun for us. Huh. And so then um, one of the producers was like, you know, you guys. Have this kind of almost flirtatious And we went, What? <laughs> That's crazy. That's crazy. And so um, yeah, it was it was very much designed um because we wanted to work together more, and we also just wanted to have a little fun and um and giggle a little at work. So uh we were glad people saw it and we were glad. I mean, it was also really fun because like, I, I remember I had a line to him saying, you're the dumbest smart guy I've ever met because he kept, no matter what he did, he would fuck up the relationship because he didn't <laughs> think he was worthy of having her and he couldn't huh. admit that. And so he would go away and, and just sort of leave her and leave her feeling insecure and bad. And so it, was, it wasn't exactly a functional relationship, but uh, it was a lot of fun to play, especially in the Lab Rats episodes that were based um, on, uh, on our characters and the other texts. Like we had a really great time and we got to write an episode too. It's what started me writing was, uh, the executive producer, one of them asked me during the DVD commentary that we were doing. Uh, like I remember we finished, we're walking to the parking lot and he said, Hey, would you ever want to write an episode? Maybe you and Wally could do it together and I said, yes, before I could say no. Um, so I just said yes. And uh, Wally said yes. And it was transformative for me. I mean, I, I absolutely loved it. Wally would say this too. I loved it more than Wally did. Like, <laughs> wow. really did it it. So um, yeah, I'm grateful.
2: So what, so what was that like? Did you, were you guys kind of, uh, get, did you get a crash course in writing? Did you guys get thrown into the writer's room? What did that process look like?
4: Well, I'd written before, but I'd written and I'd written with other people, like done pilots with other people, Mm -hmm. uh, writers who'd had a lot more experience than I'd had. Um, as a kid, I'd always thought that I would be a writer and an actor. So it was always sort of percolating in the back of my head, but I'd never done any sort of forensic show. So yeah, they stuck us in the writer's room. We saw how the writer's room worked. Um, we got to learn how to do that. We went to pre-production. We went to location scouts. We did all of it and I just ate it up. And Mm -hmm. then, um, and I, I really, it's hard to explain because I don't mean this in an, in an ego way. I mean it just in a holy mother of God way. Like Morpheus was on the show. Lawrence Fishburne was on the show at the time. <laughs> and when you write a line of dialogue and you show up on set and it's coming out of his mouth, you just kind of go, this is really weird. This is, <laughs> it's, it's a really weird, fantastic, creative feeling. And I had been interpreting other people's lines since I was nine years old. So suddenly actually getting to write it it was just uh, like I said, transformative. It was really an amazing experience.
0: Did that change wow. the way you looked at interpreting lines going forward? Once you'd written them and heard other people interpret them, did it make you almost not second guess, but just sort of think more about, "Wow, now I'm I'm taking that writer's words and it's running through me um, after having written something."
4: Yes and no, because I one of the reasons I think they asked was that. Um, some sets are very careful about making people do things word for word. Some are not. Mm -hmm. So I had spent a lot of time in previous shows tweaking some dialogue here and there. And most writers, because I I honestly, and I say this about the stuff I write too, if an actor feels more comfortable saying it a different way and has reasons for it, and I, you know, everybody looks better, Mm -hmm. the more natural Mm -hmm. it sounds and the better it sounds for the character. So um, this is, because my sister always says this, my sister's like, how would you feel if somebody (laughs) changed (laughs) because <laughs> if they make it better, I am all for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's when, you know, I, I, even on CSI, they could let us play around, particularly Wally and I got to play around a little bit with what we did. So um, I was already, it's one of the reasons why dialogue was very easy for me as a writer. Like I had been interpreting it for so many years and maybe tweaking it here and there and playing with it, that it just came really naturally. Um, so yeah, what it did change radically was my perception of people who get shows on the air. Because it's so hard. I mean, you know, now I know from selling pilots that you have to sell it, which is arguably the biggest hurdle. But then you, and that's after getting a studio attached, and then the network has to say yes. But that's after getting producers attached, and and then you turn in your uh, story area document, then you turn in your outline, then you turn in your first draft, then your second draft, then you have to get made, then you have to get picked up, and so now I just now I meet people that are getting pilots made, and I just go. Like I never knew when I would go up for pilot season how difficult it was for them to get to that point where they were in a casting session with people reading for their pilots. And I, I probably, I mean, I probably just would have gone up and hugged them all. I know, just like walked up and gone, man, you know, woman, hey, you guys are great, great job, Uh, good effort, good effort.
1: (laughs) Wow, did that dissuade you at all from you know now you do you're doing more of your own stuff. Uh, Just knowing how much hard work it is to get you to get to that point, Um, you know, going forward. How do you deal with all that stress essentially to knowing now, you know, it's okay when you don't know and it's kind of like interesting and new, but now, you know, all the steps are going to have to go behind it. You know, everything that has to go into it. Are you feeling more comfortable about it now?
4: Uh, That's a really good question. It's um, no. (laughs) (laughs) But you find ways to make it easier for yourself. Um, Like, I mean, it's one thing you sell a script and you're like, okay, my mortgage is taken care of and that's great. And that is a very fortunate place to be a place to be, but you want to then see it live. And uh, that does become hard because if another writer has a pilot up for, in it, it they're in contention against each other and that writer has a deal at the studio so they have to get paid anyway or they have a penalty attached. Like there's all this stuff that a lot of people don't know mm-hmm. and if the pilots are exactly equal, like, you know, exactly equal, but the other person has a penalty attached or has been there for a while working at that studio, theirs will get made and yours will not. Mm-hmm. And it isn't necessarily a reflection on how good it was. I mean, sometimes it is, you know, but, yeah. but sometimes it's just not. And so what I found really helps, uh, like one year, uh, I, um, directed and produced a documentary because I knew that if I could get funding to do it, then, um, I could get it made and I could get it made without network notes and studio notes. And I could do something my way and make it from scratch, uh, which is sort of like, I feel like if you've been, um, if you're getting paid for the writing stuff, even if it doesn't get made, you can then take that money. And then you can make your own thing and then that does get made. And so you do feel like you're still leaving a mark, um, you know, while you're just waiting for the timing to be perfect. I mean, look, Mad Men, that script went everywhere. Uh, It's a famous story out here that everybody read Mad Men and everybody said no, but everybody loved it. One place said, yes, it was AMC. They weren't really doing much original programming. Once they said yes, the next season, every single network wanted their version of Mad Men. So it's mm-hmm. all ludicrous. It's just it's based in fear. And um, so you just have to find a way to sort of psychologically get through it and, and stay sane, you know? Yeah.
1: Much like you do during a marathon and when you're training yeah, for one. Speaking of. Segue about <laughs> over. Job. Yes, your documentary, <laughs> The Human Race, Good which was too. amazing, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, that um, uh, yeah. I know we all went to the same event and, and saw it and loved it. And um, I think we've all, and maybe not Wendy, but Wendy's ran a marathon too, uh, been involved in team and training as well. And so we went to a team and training event, which raises money for Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, uh, to see your documentary. And it was life-changing for me, even having had run a marathon, even though it was something I said, I never, ever want to do that again. Uh, <laughs> watching that makes you think, Maybe yeah maybe maybe it won't be so bad i mean look how much fun they're having i'm maybe i miss it a little bit um still didn't do another one after that but no. I mean, maybe think about no. it <laughs> maybe think
0: <laughs> yeah no it was fantastic but i saw was, it with, with you at that screening the team in training but also earlier when there was i can't remember which screening it was cat i don't know how many times you'd seen it but we ran into you there leah when laurie yeah, and i, I, I came it it in to see women, it women in women film, in film yeah it was sure. um but yeah, so I'd seen it a couple of times, you know, uh, and absolutely love it. And, and, and to the point, like you said, I had done a marathon and hated it and never want to do it again. But <laughs> but I'm at the point now as like an older person who's just, you know, it's been a rough few months. And I am thinking I need to get back out there and run. And I, I need to watch it again because it's so inspiring mm-hmm. to watch all these people who were just how much it helps them. And just to get out there and do a little. And I did a little for the first time in a long time the other day and hurt for a few days after, but you know, I'll do it again at some point, but yeah, I need to rewatch it really. Cause it, it is very yeah. motivating.
4: Well, thank you. Thanks. I, I loved every single person that was in it and it motivated me to, um, I was running, I'd run pretty much every day or I'll mix it up with riding the spin bike. But, um, to me, it's my drug of choice. Like I just, love aerobic exercise. And you were asking about dealing with, you know, whether shows are picked up and pilot season and everything that it's also my antidepressant. Like mm-hmm. that is what keeps me uh, relatively sane. Um, Cause it's a period of time I take every morning. It's just for me. I don't, I don't think about that stuff. It's sort of like meditation. Um So yeah, the doc was just basically I, I've lived in LA for a really long time, and I always say in interviews about the doc, you know, that LA is where ageism was actually made. I don't know if people know <laughs> that, but it's actually it was made right here. It's homegrown, and um, it's spreading, and uh, and I don't like it. Um, I'm not a big fan of isms or obias of any kind, and uh, and an ism that I hate is ageism. And so I thought, all right, I'll make a doc about people over a certain age doing things that a lot of people don't know these people can do, like people will write to me and they'll say, oh, you know, you run. Well, I don't know. I'm 60. So those days are over for me. And I say, actually, if you go to Amazon, (laughs) 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 write this documentary, because it's one thing to tell people, but they don't really believe you. But then when you see these Mm -hmm. people and, you know, there's no denying that Velma is an 80 year old woman and Velma's running a half marathon and it is there on camera. So, um, you can't fake that. And, that's uh it's it's pretty pretty life changing for a lot of people, you know, after they watch these runners. So I'm yeah. proud of it.
2: Well, and I've I've seen the documentary many times <laughs> <laughs> and I can tell you that <clears throat> it's enjoyable each time. I get something new out of it every time I watch it. And even if you're not a runner or don't want to be a runner, you can find something in it to it's a very Wendy said, it's a very motivational. And you can apply it to to any number of things in your life. And each time I see it, I f- I find something different in it. I, I I pick up on on different conversations or or comments, or, and and uh, it's just it's just a very well made documentary. And uh, it's it's available on Amazon, as you say. So people, honestly, it's even just for an entertaining watch, mm-hmm. it's worth it.
0: Very much. So.
4: Thanks. Thank you very much. Um, Yeah. And be sure and and look at the human race documentary, not the human race about a post-apocalyptic race where people are missing limbs. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Amazon has made a really really neat mistake where they've sort of uh, crossed our cast lists and our descriptions and reviewed Oh, no, no, but only when you go on the TV version. And so I looked it up because I was just giddy. I was like, oh my God, it's going to be on the TV. <laughs> I saw the reviews and I saw the uh, the description and I saw that and I was like, wait, what? I can't get them to take it down. <sighs> uh, I have tried what? every single thing. So just if you see anything about um, people who've had limbs forcibly removed and running a race, then that's not mine.
0: <laughs> no less inspiring if you have lost limbs and are running. That's <laughs> not, yeah. not the
4: film we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure there are no, Mine is uh, yeah. older individuals running races in a documentary. <laughs>
1: yes. <laughs> not. A- uh, and it applies to any age known. though, because there's always that you know notion that someone's going to say or you're going to tell yourself that. Well, because of this, I can't do that. I can't do that because you know I'm. You know, I remember when I was 25 thinking, "Oh God, I'm 25. I just can't <laughs> do that." And it's this thing you get in your head, and it's ridiculous when you really think about it. It's like, no, just just start doing something. um well, we just tell ourselves this and then we waste so much time thinking that mm. it's just just because of a number we can't do this or try this at least uh, and see where it goes. so
3: yeah, it really yeah. kind
1: of woke me up like oh yeah that's stu- like stop beating
4: yourself down about like that it's 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 useless. so mm-hmm. Well, and I think a lot of it also is just if you haven't seen it, you don't even know that it's possible. And so um, mm-hmm. I think it's again, it's it comes down to representation. So um, that's why I had no people are like, how did you find these runners? I didn't have to is the long and short of it. They found me they want to be seen, you know, they want people to know that you can still do this at 657580. Um, so it was pretty easy. You know, they wanted they wanted to help people. Liz, do you think you'd do another documentary? I have a documentary series that I'm going to pitch very soon, and I can't say who's attached to it, but they are very exciting <laughs> to me. Uh, I have a, a, a wonderful female comedian who's attached to host. Uh, I've been a fan of hers for many, 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 many years, and my producer is also a female comedian that I've been a fan of. I'm, I'm smiling thinking about it because I got to Zoom with both of them, and I just was just like, oh, my God. Um, <laughs> So I get to pitch this thing soon with them. Um, so yes, I would do a documentary series, another documentary from scratch. I would consider doing with a much larger team <laughs> because uh, well, it was a great thing and I'm really happy I did it. I now know enough about, uh, I mean, I've never worked harder in my life than, I was a. I was a, a pr- one woman production office and I it got to the point where my distributors, because thank God I ended up getting distribution early on, but they they were like, here are the deliverables that you owe us. And I was looking at half of them going, I don't, I don't know what this is. I have no... And so I'm Googling it and they're like, when can you get it to me? And I'm Googling it, reading it, going, I think I can get it maybe... Let's say two weeks from now. (laughs) And and honestly, I just kept thinking at the time, and this is the only nice-ish thing I will ever say about this human being. I kept thinking at the time, if Trump can be president, I can make a fucking movie. (laughs) (laughs) I I can do this. If he can sit in the White House, then I can do this. And and that is the only positive effect he has ever had on my life. Uh, But I'm that.
0: I think that might be the yeah. only positive spin to put on this mm-hmm. term. The, the anger that, yeah. that builds is just yeah. very motivating. <laughs> right. to, it's, all
4: yeah. it's all I had. all I had. Man, he made me run fast. I guess that's another thing. Now I run fast out of joy. <laughs> it's, Not out of anger. Anger. it's refreshing <laughs> to have is. that again.
1: <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah.
2: So, and I know that you do have lots of projects. Uh, let's, you're you're spitting lots of plates, Liz Vassy. I know <laughs> this about you. Can you tell us about anything that's coming up?
4: Uh, no, well, I mean, I can't name names, but I, I did write, uh, I can say this. I wrote a feature, um, for Kay Cannon's company. Kay Cannon wrote, uh, Pitch Perfect and I wrote, um, uh, yeah, which is great. And she's really great. I wrote a feature for her company and, um, I can't say we've attached an actor, uh, it's a, man, a male comedian that I'm, I'm a fan of a lot of Zooming lately. Um, and uh, and I'm really excited about that. It shoots partially in Japan. So um, we uh, have it out and about right now, which is not nerve wracking in the least. Um, but, you know, getting financing and uh, hopefully we'll be shooting that soon. So that was a joy because I wrote most of that um, through the pandemic and uh, during the quarantine portion, uh, pre-shot. And uh, that was a great way to be spending my time um, to get a, a screenplay out of it. And then I have a couple of their television projects that, um, again, you know, everything is just sort of gearing back up again on that. Like production has gone back and been back for a while. The problem is, as far as new shows, there was such a backlog of material that was done that never got made because we Mm -hmm. shut down. So they're making all that stuff now. So everybody Mm -hmm. that was trying to sell stuff, like I literally had somebody say, I want to do your show. My studio is not allowing me to do any more new products for Mm -hmm. the next six months. You want to wait six months, please come back. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was somebody I really want to work with. But then you go, my God, her studio is just saying, no, no new stuff for a while, because there's just too much for them to do. Um, so uh, yeah, so basically, it's it's a lot that I'm getting out now. Um, and I've been I've been pitching a lot over the last couple of weeks. So we will see.
1: Well, I mean, we'd love to have you back
2: when you can actually you know, yeah, do some name dropping, and then oh, we have yeah.
1: like 20 projects to talk about that we can talk all about. We can know who's we'll in rec- them, where they're going to be. Re- yeah. Recurring Liz
2: Bassey segment.
1: That's a deal. And if you're, deal. you're feeding for Liz, there's a lot of stuff content you can go back and watch in the meantime. Right, that's true. <laughs> She's been on every single show in existence. I think. It's so many <laughs>
0: at least once yeah exactly <laughs> I, I do have to bring up one of my favorites that you were on and it was it was a one episode thing so i don't know how much you remember of it but it's one of my favorite shows uh is wings when you were courtney and i remember when i saw that you were on wings i was like Wait, who was she on wings and i saw oh yeah the 19 year old the joe hackett dates so i don't know how much you remember about doing that it was I'm, i
4: remember a lot of that now that i was on for an entire it was a week. Yeah. So. Um, I hadn't done a lot of sitcoms at that point in front of the live studio audience. So I remember going in and that's a little different because mm-hmm. when it's not a single camera, you know, you you get to see the whole cast every that's day, true. All day. So, yeah. mm-hmm. um, basically, you know, I got to hang out with there was Tony Shalhoub and, uh, just like the whole cast was really great. Um, and I got to, uh, make out with Joe Hackett repeatedly. So there's really nothing wrong no. with making out with Bailey. Uh, <laughs> lot. Uh, I certainly didn't mind. Um, and Steven Weber was really great. I loved that show. I was already a fan mm-hmm. of that show. And so to get to go on, um, it is funny now, because I it was called Hey 19. I remember that uh, after the Steely Dan song. And I remember mm-hmm. I was... 20 I think when I was on it and I felt so grown up you know I'd been working professionally for such a long time and I I felt like oh I am I am definitely I'm right here with the rest of the cast and I felt the same age and I, I kept thinking how funny they're making all these young jokes and I don't feel any younger I don't and now I watch it and just go oh my god you're a, baby. <laughs> you're a little baby and you're a little Doc Martens and a little skirt and like it just is so funny but um no I had a I had a really really great time and I met uh, I met somebody named Tim Fall, who was an actor who was then on a show called Pigsty with me for a season. So I just, you know, sometimes you end up doing a guest star, and you meet these people, and uh, you get to work with them later in a larger capacity. And it's it's just sort of cool. Like, I, I met uh, Patrick Warburton on an episode of Murphy Brown. So I'd known Patrick for mm-hmm. years. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, yeah, the guest star thing is, is interesting because you just sort of, you meet a lot more people that people would never even think like, oh, that's how they know each other, you know? But, um, yeah, it's kind of fun to go be a guest on somebody else's show for a little Mm -hmm.
0: bit. Yeah. I assume if if the experience is good, because I know sometimes I would assume it can be tough going in as a guest star and with a, with a cast that already knows each other and works well together. But I assume most of the time they make it pretty welcoming. They want your best. They want you to come on and feel comfortable enough to do your best. I would imagine most of the time.
4: We want to I've know heard-
1: about all those, the horrible ones. Do you have any? <laughs> which uh, one should we say? <laughs> I,
4: I don't have any of the horrible ones. I know which ones they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm really aware. I've heard mm-hmm. of some really cool sets and some of them would really surprise you. Um, mm-hmm. I I landed, like I said, I was a guest star on, on CSI before I was a regular. So I had heard excellent things about that CSI. Um, you know, like I, I I knew I'd done my research and mm-hmm. then most of the guest spots that I'd done have been either you know okay to great. And sometimes it just takes one person. I I remember one specific Mm -hmm. thing. I did a a three-episode arc on a show called Necessary Roughness Mm -hmm. on USA. And um, Mm -hmm. there's an actor named Scott Cohen who has been in like 112 things. And I landed, got in my hotel room, and there was actually a voicemail from him saying, hi, welcome. Uh, I've watched some of your work. I'm a big fan. I just want you to know I'm happy to have you on the show Uh, if you want to run lines, if you want to which is terrific. Um, oh, wow. And I did a castle episode, Nathan came bounding up and he was like, I watched every episode of the <laughs> and, you know, and, and it I don't even know that these people, well, no, this. I take that back. They know exactly what they're doing. I mean, they they know how hard it is to go sit at somebody's Thanksgiving table, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, when it's their family and, uh, and they know how to make you feel more welcome. So I'm always, and Mark was another one, you know, these are the people that go out of their way to make you feel welcome so that you don't have that awkward feeling um, Um, And I've really lucked out that there's usually been at least one on each set. So now I try to be that one on the series regular. And it's funny because sometimes the guest stars really like it. And I so clearly remember one time I was like, "Hey, if you want to grab coffee um, after a couple takes." And I remember that the woman was kind of like, "No, I'm I'm good." (laughs) (laughs) Oh no! Oh Oh, no! I'm trying to be welcoming, and I (laughs) crossed over into like she doesn't want to be my friend. (laughs) No interest. But that's okay. I'd rather overshoot the mark and yeah. not try at all. <laughs> right, right. I know her side of the story is, I don't know. She's number one on the call sheet. She's creepy as <laughs> I'll never go on that party. show again. Yeah. <laughs>
3: wow.
2: So before we say goodbye, Liz, I know that you, uh, because it's May the 4th I th- and I know that Wendy's a big Harrison Ford fan. I know that you have a Harrison Ford story. Would you mind sharing that with us?
4: You, um, <laughs> my husband is a camera operator. He's a badass camera operator, and it's actually how we met. He was on a movie a long time, but the worst movie ever. Um, <laughs> and he was the cam operator, and uh, he won an award. He won a lifetime achievement award um, from the Society of Camera Operators. And he had to have somebody write a speech for him to present him this award. And the way that they do this is you have to do like a five-minute speech. So most people choose actors because the actors will get up there and be like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> so David, my husband, asked me if I'd introduce him. So I wrote this speech that I hoped was funny, you know, and just uh, just based on really falling for him immediately and why. And then um, he wrote his speech and, and I was like, maybe we could tie it together by doing this. And so, you know, we did a thing. And um, <laughs> it was interesting because Harrison Ford won a big award at that ceremony too. So he was there and I'd looked at the original program and he was supposed to come up, accept his award, and then it was done. And I thought, oh, okay, so I won't meet him because every time they do this, like the big, big celebrity comes in, wins the award and leaves. Now, I don't know what happened, <laughs> but um, when we were doing it, Suddenly, he didn't win the award, he didn't win the award, and they call him up much later in the program. So Harrison Ford gets up, and he accepts his award, and then he goes, and he sits back down at his goddamn table. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> and then the guy taps me, and he goes, time for you to go give your speech. And I went, okay. So up and I said, you know, I told my husband that I would present this award to him, but only, only if I had to follow Harrison goddamn Ford. <laughs> and and but nevertheless, she persisted. So I got I did the speech. And, um, and then David came up and he won the award and it was all really fun. And then my friend comes up and she'd been sitting at Harrison Ford's table and she taps me on the shoulder and she says, you should know. He laughed at your speech and and leaned over to me and went, who is she? And I went, oh my God, (laughs) (laughs) hands me a key and says, there's an after party upstairs. Harrison Ford's up there. He really wants to meet you. And I was like, I'm like, I'm going to pee myself right now. So David, my husband's family was all there. So I said, okay, I'll go up. But I was like, she will come. She will come. (laughs) So we take the whole crew up there. And Harrison Ford comes over and he says, "Uh, I liked your speech. And I said, thank you very much. And he says, I don't know. I don't know if my wife would write such a nice speech about me. I said, well, I think the real question is, do you deserve to have such a nice speech about He goes, well, maybe not. And then he looks at my husband and he goes, and fuck you for raising the bar for husbands. And he looks at my mother-in-law and goes, and you're not blameless either. either. And all of us were just like, Eep, you know, and, and then um, my father-in-law took a picture of us with him. And I can't every opportunity that I have to post this picture on social media, I can't I can't help myself. Somebody made a fourth. I'll be like, here's me with my best friend on uh, solo. Um, yeah, it we'll, was he was we'll retweet it. Oh yeah. He was <laughs> as 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 gruffly friendly funny as you would hope. Uh, um and every time if David wants to make me smile, he'll just come up close to my ear and go, whoosh. <laughs> <laughs> That I swear, it was fantastic. That is
0: a dream story. That is amazing. Not only did you just, not only did you just meet him. No, he invited you because he liked <laughs> you so much. It, uh, invited her. He liked
4: what I wrote. I said yes. that to David. I was like, you know, it's one thing to meet somebody, but um, to be really right. honest, the fact that he was moved by what I wrote was just that was a dream. That was wow. It, I wouldn't have. I, I'm not great at meeting people. Just mm. being sort of like, hi, hi. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, but, uh, but if it was something because of something I'd done, then yeah, that was pretty spectacular. Mm. So, um, yeah, I talk about my best friend, Hayfer mm. all the time.
0: That <laughs> is a fantastic, I love that story. I get, he did, he did come to my, our, our news station in Dallas for some reason. I don't know why he was, I mean, you, they did satellite interviews, why he came by to do an interview in person. I don't know. They locked mm. that place, that news station down tighter than if a, a president had arrived. It seemed like you were not allowed to walk through the halls. If you see him, maybe, you know, the people that actually were down there and saw him, you know, they, he was very friendly. He said hi to the, you know, crew people down there. I hadn't worked there long enough to feel like I could lie and make up a reason to be downstairs. So I didn't go. <laughs> but I thought, you know what? Where they're interviewing him, there's a glass window. So I can at least run down there and see him through the glass with my own eyes. And so I ran down there. Two other people were already there. So we just all huddled up behind the glass looking at him. <laughs> and I think I ran downstairs. I was like, oh, screw it. I'm going downstairs. And I ran down hoping to... Uh, walk, watch him walk through the hallway, but he was already gone and Mm -hmm. shuffled off to a phone call, but Mm.
4: your story needs to be better. (laughs) (laughs) He's just iconic. You know, I mean, there are people that are, are famous. They're people you can be fans of. And then there are people where you just go, Oh my God, he's my childhood. Like this, Mm -hmm. they're people that just really mean something on on a very different level. And, uh, yeah, that was just, that was a dream. Mm. I smile about it every time. I think I can't believe that happened. I think I fell asleep at probably six o'clock in the morning. I just, every time I'd start to fall asleep that night, I'd go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that, yeah, that's a story. Like, yeah, like you said, if you're ever in a bad mood or think whatever negative thoughts, you just, just think of that story in your head and that's gotta be a mood for a lifter immediately.
4: Well, yeah. I mean, Hayfo and I are best friends. So, of, course. I of course. If I'm Hayfo's best friend,
0: then I got to be okay. <laughs> I, uh, was, was he married I, to Kalista at, the, at that time when he was joking about yeah. that? okay. Yeah. I was thinking so. It's yeah. been a while. Probably longer that they've been married yeah. than I even <laughs> remember. But yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, my God.
4: This is yeah. a couple of years ago, right? Oh, yeah, that's was, fairly was, recent. Was, oh, wow. Yeah, it was only about oh, two, okay. a little, two years ago. Yeah. You know, it was, it was in the before times. It was right before. <laughs> Right before the, the, Ford, uh, the-, the-, the- <laughs> wow, ah, oh,
0: Harrison. He was probably yeah, like in his vintage good <laughs> gruff folder. Like ah, I'm just gonna you know, gruff older man. Yeah, joking, so but cool. I can say what I want. I'm Harrison Ford, so <laughs> that's people exactly. Will love me. That was exactly the move. Oh, wow, yeah, ah, oh, Harrison. Yeah. <laughs> Wendy needs I a minute. I love him.
2: Uh, well, Liz, we cannot thank you enough. This has been so much fun. Thank you for celebrating May the 4th with us. Yay. And we would love to have you back. Honestly, whenever you have anything to talk about, we are here to talk about it with you.
4: Thank you very much. I had a great time.
2: Well, that was fun.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> that <laughs> hour went by so fast. We we didn't get to talk, uh, you know, Riley Para and Nikki and Nora and her, you know, she's talking about representation matters and how it's important to her. And then we we're like, "Yeah, Liz," like looking at her with dreamy eyes because she's so nice and compelling. And then I'm like, "Oh crap, we didn't talk about her representing oh. LGBTQ." But yeah, if, you know, she's great. I love her. She was
0: just so. Sweet. I almost feel like I know her. Yeah, me too. Because she knows y'all. You know, you and me. I've seen her at a couple of screenings. Of <laughs> <laughs> I just love her. <laughs>
2: she's just a genuinely nice person. She's, she's hysterical, she's, honey. She You know what you see is what you get with Liz. She's just. Mm-hmm. She's very funny and uh very engaging and so many great stories she's you know obviously she's been on so many sets and she's been working since she was a teenager so she has so many great stories but we'll have to have her back i'm you know i'm sure she meant it when she said she'd come back anytime to talk about her project i want to
0: know these things that we can't hear about yet but i get it i get it exciting things Um, i want to shout out your other podcast cat my mistake oh yeah Sure, the name right? Yeah, because you interviewed Lassie <laughs> yes, last. That's, that's the name of it. Like, like June or July, and Tara and I were listening to it, and it she is hysterical. Mm-hmm. There were so many things. Like we were just, it very it was very entertaining on our drive to San Diego. I loved her talking uh, about the this little. She was on so many
1: pilots. Yes, uh, like pilot episodes, and she got this pilot episode of this little medical drama yeah. called ER. uh <laughs> So at the time, you know, she didn't know where it was going to go, obviously, but. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Didn't, mm-hmm. Yeah. And, no. and they were shooting friends at the time. And like the friends cast and the ER cast were out shooting hoops. So, yeah, she was on like four of the first five episodes of ER. So it was kind of like, huh, that's right in the <laughs> beginning when you didn't even know it was a big deal. And how yeah. she, she was like, this guy seems familiar. He seems really nice. And she's like, oh my God, it was Goose from Top Gun. <laughs> like that's who he was at that time. He was still just Goose from exactly. Top Gun. Yeah. You didn't know him as uh, from ER quite yet, obviously. So.
2: Yeah, so it's like you can. It's like a there's a two parter. You can listen to my mistake, and then you can listen to right. to this. You will have already listened to it because you we're talking about it right now. <laughs>
0: That's right, a good point, well spoken.
2: <laughs> but yeah, thanks for the shout out there, Wendy.
0: Appreciate that. Yeah, You're very welcome. And also, yeah, seriously, watch the human race if you just yes. need inspiration. There are stories in there. There's one woman who's literally running from one end of the country to the other, yeah, while fighting cancer. Like, one of them, she stops off at a hospital for treatment. It's like, oh, I don't know if I can do it. And then people are like, you got to. Or they'll, you know, people are depending on you to, you know, to know you can do this and all this. And so she gets out of the hospital, keeps on running. And literally with her own van. Like, she'll run. Like she'll she'll was it like she drives into a town, leaves her van, has someone drive her back like miles and miles away, and then she runs back to her van. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not like she's got this team Mm-mm. working with. Her. I mean, there's just so many great stories. There's this older lady who just hates running, but she does it. It's not, <laughs> <me. I relate laughs> it's not to me. I related to her exactly the same. <laughs> yeah, so it's a great documentary. she's like, I don't even like it, but I do it. She's she
1: doesn't all have to look to pretty. You no. can do it in ways that will work for broken bodies like mine where you've had knee <laughs> surgeries and all the excuses in the world exactly. not to do it but just there's go, ways or just walk to you can always just walk, walk. yes yeah. yes
2: just start you just have to start that's the hardest mm-hmm. part yeah mm-hmm. it's a great documentary well all right guys
0: how do you wrap up that I hour and plus i don't know but yeah
2: I know. oh i know how how there's going to be something something happened and we're going to have a whole segment about it next episode.
3: Mm.
1: A very big segment. <laughs> it was so much fun. It was plus-sized fun because it was just this. Uh, am I allowed to say what it
2: was? You can talk about it, yeah. Okay.
1: The, our impromptu Erper meetup in San Diego, <laughs> the whale's vagina. It was so much fun. We didn't know what the hell was going to happen or anybody was going to show up but it was real real fun we do so it goes a lot of places we're gonna you know have some question answer from the group read a little spicy fanfic um yeah this is a lot of fun fun day in the park so join us to be part of that upper meetup even if you weren't able to be there which most people weren't because (laughs) it was like one day in advance so it'll be like you were there well, you'll get to hear the birds chirping, <laughs> a baby crying at one point. Yeah, we Had to wait for the baby some, some fanfic and then uh to leave and then <laughs> uh then the dogs barking. There was a dog birthday party going Aww, on nearby. It was very cute. cute. Um <laughs> so yeah, it was just a lot of fun. So I'm very excited for everyone to be part of it.
2: That's a good tease. That's a really good tease. <laughs> I can't wait to hear it. I haven't heard it either. Yeah. You yeah. don't even know.
1: I that wasn't know. there. We did talk about you, though, Kat. Oh, so. perfect. <laughs> Great. I'm going to edit out all the
2: shit <laughs> talking we did. Yes, it. please. I don't need to hear any of that. Uh, <laughs> but no, like, legitimate. You guys were outnumbered. There was more snop tarts than snoppers. That's, That's right. true. Guys, That's right. That's- congratulations. This is a huge, a huge success. I'm so proud of you I, guys for I'm doing so this. I'm so
1: thankful to the folks that drove. And it's not like they just live right there. I mean, they, you know, it was like, it's it's California, so even if you live, you know, five miles from somewhere, and that's a trek. But, you know, they came from the San Diego area, or a couple people were visiting the area, came in. Amazing. So it really meant a lot that they, I mean, look, I live in L.A. I know how hard it is not to be mm-hmm. a flake and be like, oh, yeah, let's hang out. Oh, that would be so fun. And then you'd never hear from that person exactly. again. But they showed up, that's and huge. they were there, and it, it was really nice. It meant a lot, so really appreciate it.
2: I'm so proud. I wish I could have been there, but I'm I'm really glad that you guys did this. This is really exciting. I think it's a good sign for
1: future. You'll feel like you were there.
2: And I can't wait. But I think <laughs> this is a good sign. I think in the future we'll be able to do stuff like this and, you know.
1: And I will plug a uh, ERPA meetup. I don't have the details in front of me, but it's going to be in the SoCal area. Uh, well, actually, it's going to be like in Burbank on May 15th, oh, I believe. I've heard of this. At Johnny Carson Park. Park. Okay. Yeah. I cannot remember the name of the person who's putting it on, but I'm excited. We were talking about it, so I just want to plug that too, in case you are just fiending for some Erps, Erper stuff. Um,
2: yeah, well, you know, how is it being promoted? Because we can always like retweet something on
1: Twitter. It's okay. on. I saw. I saw it on Twitter when I was posting last minute about this getting together with people. So, um, so it looks
2: like noon at Johnny Carson Park on May fifteenth. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's on Bob Hope Drive. There you go. Yeah. Cool. That's amazing. So,
1: And you know what? I have to say it felt so good. This is the first time I've been out in social sitting at a park with people, mm. people that I that aren't in my bubble. Um, not that I don't love you guys, but I mean, <laughs> kind of sick of your faces. It was just nice to see some new faces sure. and not feel guilty because we, we were all vaccinated. We still, right. you know, we certainly weren't like sitting shoulder to shoulder, you know, you know, we were being safe, but it was just nice to be outside the weather was great and mm. just chatting with people that we had not met. So it was refreshing. I forgot how much I had missed it. So
2: That's awesome. Well, very good. Can't wait to hear it next week. Next week's episode.
0: Yeah. 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 <laughs> next week. <laughs> <laughs>
3: well,
1: that's what she said. That's right.
0: <laughs> what the lady said. That's right. Well, you can find out more about all these things on our Twitter at Podcast 1D. And Facebook and Instagram at
1: sad Such a sad noise. <laughs> yeah. uh,
2: you can also send us an email directly to SheNerdsOut at gmail.com. You can go to our website at SheNerdsOut.com and leave us a voicemail. Send us a Jesus message. Teresa said
1: she's going to leave us a voicemail, so I'm going to. Now, I'm going to guilt her into it. Yes, please now do. Now, on the podcast. So,
2: and so if, you go, if you go to that page, because I think uh, she actually did reach out because she couldn't find it. Uh, oh. If you <laughs> go to the page, uh, shenerdsout.com, mm-hmm. in the very bottom right corner, there's a little microphone, blue microphone icon. That is how you leave a voicemail. So you just click on that icon and it walks you through the whole process. That's the only way that it notates it. That is the only way. Is that a tiny way, and it's it's not the best. It's not okay. it's not obvious. It's a little too subtle, but uh, that's what we got. That's you know what? what? We're or stuck you just with. want to
1: record something on your phone and tack it onto an email and send it to us. We'll that'll, take that also works
2: great too. Yeah.
1: Uh, and when you're there, you can buy us a beer. You can link to all of our socials,
2: which we've already explained to you. So why aren't you paying attention? And you can catch up <laughs> on old episodes. It's it's one stop snopping, really.
1: Hm mm-hmm. mm-hmm. See what you did there. I I like that. that yeah it's mm-hmm. pretty good. Never gets old
2: thanks.
0: <laughs> Definitely gonna keep doing it. Hmm. All right then. <laughs> before right I'll keep rambling. I'm gonna close this out with a little she nerds out Ow. Ow.
1: She nerds out We're girls that like girls that
3: like dirty things.